Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin Cities sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. All right, we had some outstanding creativity today on the, uh, what's the official name? Mackie and Judd, right? Uh, Homer and Panic. Yeah, Homer and Panic, yep. but uh, that, that was, I never could get them to embrace that. So uh, it's uh, Mackie and Judd's the official name, yes, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But uh, I happened to be listening today, and they were discussing, okay, one through five. What's your one through five list on Viking MVP? First of all, you have to define it, of course. I define it as... My MB, my definition of MVP has already always been where would you be without him, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Uh, but it is amazing the number of candidates there are on this team. Yes, they might have eight Pro Bowlers. Yeah, today when they when they announce them tonight, uh, you got Linval Joseph's a cinch, and Everson Griffin's a cinch. Uh, Kendricks might be a cinch. Harrison Smith is a cinch. Xavier Rhodes is a cinch. That's yep. five on defense. Uh, Keenum will make it probably as like a third team quarterback, maybe mm-hmm. number three quarterback. Riley Reef will Reef. make it. And uh, Thielen, Thielen might make it. They might have eight or nine, or Diggs might, you know, they, eight Pro Bowlers might make it. And uh, Elfline might even make it. Too, Elfline as a might he's make really it as a good. rookie because he's a center that somebody heard of. Yeah. And the thing about it is, if you make it as a center, you're going to make it about 12 years in a row yes, you as are. long as you're good. <laughs> so, yeah, Elfline could make it too. They got they got 11 or 12 candidates. Manny, give me your one through five uh, Vikings MVPs. Well, I I think number one for me is Harrison Smith. Simply because he is the, I mean, he he is, that defense is so loaded with talented players, but he is really the face of the defense when you really think about just how he is just everywhere. And he's always making big plays and he's he's been healthy all year, knock on wood. Um, so yeah, he would be my number one. I, I would probably go with Everson Griffin number two, just because the pass rush in today's NFL, you, you need that pass rush and he's been terrific in that department. Um, I'm going to go with Adam Thielen, number three. All right. Um, he's, he catches almost he everything. Catch you throw balls? Is he going to get to a yeah. hundred? Yeah. Well, 
Oh, the only problem is Saturday might, might be affected because of the weather. Sure. But, but okay. yeah, I mean, he's on pace to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go with Case Keenum, number four. Okay. Because of the obvious circumstance with the quarterback situation, he's been great. And number five is kind of a toss-up between Linval Joseph defensively and uh, Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very, very close between those two. <laughs> Look at my list. Is it list? like identical well, to it's, yours, it's, not, it's very similar, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm with Manny. Harrison Smith's the most important player on this team, and I'll tell you why. Number one, pro football focus had him rated as not only the best safety in football, as the highest graded defensive player in football. And he's the only person on this defense, I, I'm pretty sure, that hasn't missed a game yet this year. I know uh, Linval's missed a game, Everson missed the game in London, and then uh, Kendrick's missed a game earlier this year. Maybe I'm maybe I'm screwing mm-hmm. up. Anyway, but he is the most important player of this team. I'm 100% with Manny. It's Harrison Smith. Uh, number two, I have Riley Reef as uh, as the second most important player. The offense does not click without the offensive line being intact, and the a- acquisition and the play of Riley Reef is pretty responsible for that. Elf line, obviously, you you saw what an impact he can make when he's not in the game against Carolina, then when he comes back against Cincinnati, that 40-whatever-yard screen pass, that doesn't happen without Pat Elfline playing at center. Uh, number three, I have Everson Griffin. Well, for, who was it, Reef or Elfline? No, I said Reef. Okay. I'm sorry, rather right. Reef. But but he and Elfline are the two reasons why the offensive line has, has uh, improved as much as it has. Uh, three, I have Everson Griffin. Uh, for obvious reasons, he just wreaks havoc every single time that he steps onto the field. I have Case Keenum, number four, and uh, Xavier Rhodes I have as number five. It had Xavier because he's missed some time with injury. I would have put him up higher, but he got picked on a little bit in Detroit because he was injured. Okay, mine is, uh, remember, where would you be without them? Yep. That's my list, okay? Yep. I I feel bad about this list. I don't have Everson Griffin on it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's bad. I, got, uh, I guess it's unanimous. Harrison Smith, number one. Yes. He's their best player. I got the I got the cornerback number two Xavier, Xavier Rhodes, Rhodes because you know why do you go beat Atlanta after Julio Jones has caught nine passes for two hundred twenty yards and you go down there and now he gets some help from Harrison Smith. People aren't but even throwing at he's Xavier a non factor. Mm-hmm. He's a non factor. Number three Riley Reef. Number four Linville Joseph just because. Last year, their big vulnerability defensively was being run against, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Team, and this year, he just wrapping up everybody. He runs eight yards down the field and tackles people. He's uh, he's unbelievable. He, he's going to be first team All Pro nose tackle. Yes, I would think, for absolutely. Sure. And I got Keenum fifth. Uh, but you could make a list with Griffin on it, Elfline on it, Kendricks on it. Uh, digs almost Thielen. I don't have Thielen on my list. He's right. gonna catch a hundred. I felt horrible leaving him off because we're Mankato. Thielen's catch a hundred passes. You mm-hmm. got to put Keenum or Thielen on there. Who's more important, Keenum or Thielen? I don't know. I think this Thielen. A... I think Thielen has helped Keenum tremendously. But has he helped him more than Keenum's helped Thielen? Do you think? And I guess, you, yeah, probably well, because I, you saw his emergence last year. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. is, uh, I, I almost slap my mouth when I say this, because in 98 uh, you had uh, Moss and Carter. You had an adequate def- offensive line. Uh, you didn't have many defensive players. This team has more great players than they had in 98. 
okay, wait a minute. You can't just drop something like that. Mm-hmm. I gotta go. Mm-hmm. Oh my, <laughs> that's a scalding hot. Now they don't have take. moss. Okay, they don't have moss, but they got more great players than they had in ninety. There are more stars, especially yes, on defense, yes. than there was. I mean, they had Randall. And that was about it as far as stars yes. on that 98 defense. Yes. And they, uh, you know, they, the, if somebody comes in here and beats them in the uh, playoffs, it's not going to be because they moved the ball like uh, Atlanta moved the ball against them in the NFC. Title you know what, game. though? Here's where I'll disagree with you a little bit, Pat, comparing the two teams. That 98 offensive line was pretty dang good. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, you had McDaniel, who's one of the best guards in the history of the game. I think the best. When you're listing your top five Vikings, I put Page first and him second. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stussy was was an all-pro. He was Uh a pro bowler. Uh, Stringer tragically died, but he was a pro bowler before he passed away. Jeff Christie was really good. Jeff Christie was good. That offensive line was pretty good. I remember Tysey. Uh, showing me one day his grade sheet for McDaniel <laughs> on a day. One day he says, A he plus, was, A plus, said, A no, plus. No, he said he was undefeated today. He never got beat once. Is this he in said, a game or practice? In a game. Okay. In a game 100%. He gave him 100%. He never got beat once in a game. Plus, the guy's out trying to help the world, too. He's, you go to a food shelf and he's there serving them potatoes and gravy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's. Uh, <laughs> He's a he's a wonderful man. And the other thing about McDaniel, never missed a day of school from kindergarten till he graduated from high school. And a nerd. <laughs> he was you know, never missed a practice. Yep. Never missed a game. But the amazing thing is kindergarten, twelfth grade. Never missed a day of school. Well, and help me with the story. <laughs> he changed his stance. Was it because of a knee injury, or was he trying to prevent a knee injury? Remember the big story about how he, he changed his stance when he'd line up before the snap? I can't even. The, the one thing I can't understand about him is he came from Arizona, and he still lives here. He's lived here yeah, his whole life. Right. What the hell's the matter What's with wrong you? with you? You're done playing. <laughs> Did Go he marry a Minnesota more? girl? Uh, must have. Okay. I don't know. Either that or they're both, they both have uh, issues that must be addressed because they like living in the snow. Anyway, uh, fantastic. What's uh, wrong with you? Uh, Randy, that's, uh, yeah, I, you know, going back, it might be a tie. 98 in this team for great players. But the, they had more great players on offense than this, than team, this does, team does. But uh, not on defense, that's for sure. All right, we'll be back and uh, we will uh, discuss. The dramatic Timberwolves victory last night. (laughs) Uh, The Timberwolves uh, continued their pattern last night. Win one, lose one. Uh, one, uh, This one they won, 108-107 over the Portland Blazers, uh, Trail Blazers. Uh, So you explain to me how they uh, lost to Phoenix and then come back and beat uh, Portland, I guess. Uh, Jimmy Butler had a a terrific night, 37 points. And uh, Jamal Crawford scored 14 in the uh, fourth quarter. But uh, this team is kind of tough to uh, watch even when they're winning because... Andrew Wiggins isn't part of the party. What are they going to do here? Four for 14. You can't have a $148 million guy who isn't taking any shots when the game's out of line. When they lose, 
I'm left to ask myself, how the hell did they lose that game? When they win, yes. I am compelled to ask myself, how the hell did they win that game? Mm-hmm. I I I can't I can't explain it. I mean, it it they would if they didn't have Jimmy Butler, they would be sitting at the bottom of the standings right now. Uh, if they did not have him, they would be sitting at the bottom of the sta- of the standings. But his his becoming the star has made Wiggins irrelevant. Wiggins is doing nothing. He was four for fourteen last night. Gets what nine? Got nine he, points. But see, this is this has been the problem with him going all the way back to college, mm-hmm. where he just has these moments where he just but, disappears. But this last three weeks, he's never had a stretch like this in his life. I can't. Yeah, no, it's never shots. been this he bad. He isn't taking any shots. He isn't. And now last he night, he at least got five rebounds. But uh, this was the, this was the problem. Bill Self had this problem with him at Kansas when it was him and, and Joel Embiid, and Embiid was kind of the star, and Wiggins was just kind of, you know, he would have he would have his flashes where he would show off his athleticism, and he have a couple nice games where he's like, this kid is incredible, and then he would just disappear for three four games. But people have always been enamored with, uh, obviously, with his athleticism, and so they see all the potential that he has. And we hear Tibbs talk about it. He's got all the potential in the world. He can be as great as he wants himself to be. But he's he's got to put it together. And he's, he's got to put it together based on the premise, On both ends of the floor. Based on the premise that the other guy is now the star of the team. Butler. You know, Wiggins is... You're asking... Last year, Wiggins was as much the man as Towns, right? Down the stretch. Yeah, with six minutes to go, you wanted Wiggins to win the game for you, either him or Towns. Yeah, and part of that too was because Levine was out. Now you want him to be a complimentary player. But but he's got to Pat. The thing of it is, he's he has to be he has to be a little bit more assertive in that. You know, you look at all the great players; they have wanted the ball. They have wanted the ball in their hands. And at times he just But know, last year he didn't have to he didn't have to want it. They gave it to him. He had the ball. By default. And last year he had the ball. Yes, by default. One thing I noticed this year, I'm not sure And they didn't I'm win not a lot sure of games. With the game on the line, Butler's gonna give it up. No matter how bad Andrew wants it. The thing of it is though, Butler's been doing this for yeah, that's Longer, true. and he's been, that's true, he's but been a guy that has made finally, big last shots. Last night he finally won a game. He's uh, He has not gotten... Well, he's, when he's trying to win a game in the last 10 seconds, he hasn't gotten off good shots. You know, he is the one the one against, uh, was it Philly? He stumbled. The guy guarded him, and he stumbled. But he was the only thing. reason why Jimmy Butler had the previous two possessions that hit two shots yes, that... Yes, I agree. He, he, he is... The the problem right now is because Andrew Wiggins and to a much lesser degree Carl Anthony Towns are not playing to the level, especially on the defensive end, that they should be playing. Jimmy Butler is in a situation where not only does he have to make big shots for them, he's got to clean up a lot of the other 
defensive lapses and a lot of the other things that they're just not doing because they're still, you know, probably not as fast as everybody wants them to. They're still growing as players. And Jimmy's been doing this for this is his seventh year in the league and he's 28 years old and he's been he's a battle tested player. And and sometimes you, you just when you're trying to win a game and it's tight. You don't have time to just hand the ball off to Andrew Wiggins and say, "Okay, kid, go do it." Like he, you know, he Andrew hit the big shot to get to beat Oklahoma City, and you know that that situation sort of fell into into his hands, and and he delivered. But if he's four for fifteen and it's the fourth quarter and he's not giving you anything defensively, you can't you can't trust him. And it's a tight game, and you're trying to win it. You're trying to win as many games as you can and get to the playoffs. I think this is a bad relationship. And I'll put it this way. I don't watch every Wolves game, but when I do watch, Wiggins seems to me like he's the kind of player and the kind of potential star that needs to be babied and coddled. And, he needs and, to be and pushed. I think his, that matchup with him and Thibodeau is a bad one because Tom's not going to treat you with kid gloves. He's going to yell. He's going to holler. Well, Wiggins he, had a good year with uh, the same guy coaching him last year, though. But did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Look at the numbers. I mean, he didn't shoot 50%. Okay, but he's, he's regressing, though, is my they, point, they, But they lost 51 games. Yes, Pat. they did. They weren't. No, they did. And part of it, too, was because Levine got hurt halfway through last year. And, I mean, Towns, it got to the point last year where Towns and Wiggins were the only guys that, that could give them any sort of chance of winning but even then like they weren't they weren't winning uh i guess what i'm saying is wiggins doesn't wiggins and butler don't know how to play with each other any yet they they they're very similar players and that that is a question that they have to figure out is if those two guys can play well together and the other thing with wiggins too is he's got to he's got to drive to the basket more he's got to drive to the basket more so a lot of times he will settle for the 18-foot jump shot, and he's not shooting a good percentage in that area on the floor, but he continues to he continues to settle for that. And Andrew, you're not you're not Kobe Bryant. Kobe, Michael Jordan, they were they were money on those types of shots. And Andrew's Andrew's not there yet. He needs it's to. It's going to be interesting to see if they can, you know, if they can figure it out. Those two guys that are yeah. Butler just they have keep they have to figure does. they have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to. Yeah, he got 148 million invested in him. Yeah, he can't just say ah, he's not trying hard enough. All right, so should they have traded him for uh, Kyrie? No, still no. I don't care how much okay. Corzo believes that. Mm-hmm. No. Well, so many people are asking, should have they traded him for Butler, and not the rest of the rest of that? Because as uh, you group. mentioned, Chris Dunn's playing pretty well for yeah. Chicago. Yeah, but you were probably gonna have to include Chris Dunn in that deal. Mm-hmm. even with Wiggins going over instead of Zach Levine. And remember, the other thing with that, too, is Zach Levine still hasn't played yet. He hasn't he's come back hurt. from his yeah. – he's not expected back till January. So if you would have well, traded Wiggins for Butler, you would have had Butler and Towns. And, and still had no bench. What? <laughs> hey, no they bench. beat a good club, 108, 107. <laughs> just like you predicted uh, yesterday. Just like I did. I thought I saw this coming. And Damian Lillard said the refs cheated and the fans were obnoxious. So I'd say that. Uh, <laughs> He was not real happy, but they only shot five free throws or something. Uh, yeah, Portland. five free throws. Portland yeah. did, yeah. yeah. We needed a little home cooking. That's right. All right, we'll be back.
Hey, Britt Robson, uh, he now writes for The Athletic. Uh, Timberwolves will be with us uh, about 10 minutes from now cool. to talk about our fighting wolvies. And here is Mr. John Height with a sports update. Uh, did you know, and I know you don't care, Patrick, because you're not a fan, but Britt is a very good writer on the subject of jazz. Really? Very, very learned really? on the matter yeah, of jazz. Uh, yes. He, he doesn't uh, write anything haphazard. He, no. He thinks about it. Yes. Unlike some of us. Dang <laughs> it, <laughs> he beat me to it. <laughs> this update sponsored by Concordia University Online Learning. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu. I didn't know the athletic does jazz stories. <laughs> Very funny. Do you ever read a newspaper? He probably has to find another outlet for that. Well, he actually writes in your paper, Pat. Mm-hmm. Okay. About jazz for the Star mm-hmm. Tribune. <laughs> fusion jazz or real no, jazz? No, no, real jazz. Real not, jazz. Not fusion. Not like that. traditional, shall we call like it. Like the stuff in La La Land. That I didn't, kind I of didn't see La La ah, Land. But it's a great movie. Is it? I haven't Fantastic, seen it. Fantastic, yeah. As musicals go. The Vikings take their 11-3 record into Lambeau Field Saturday night to play the Packers. And uh, today, Green Bay put quarterback Aaron Rodgers on injured reserve, a day after they were eliminated from playoff contention. Rodgers, of course, missed seven games after breaking his right collarbone October 15th against the Vikings. He did play this past Sunday, but the Packers lost to Carolina. Atlanta's win against Tampa Bay on Monday night ended the Packers' eight-year run of consecutive postseason berths. Brett Hundley will get the start for Green Bay. In Go Saturday's get him, kid. Game against the Vikings. Joe Callahan was re-signed by the Packers as Hundley's backup. While they're on the road tonight, they're in Canada to face uh, Ottawa. Uh, the NHL, by the way, celebrating 100 years today, and they played a day game. Toronto defeating Carolina 8-1 in the next century game. 100th anniversary of the first game ever played by the Toronto Arenas. Arenas? Was their nickname? Wow. Yes, when they first started, uh, was very uncreative. I would have to say. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty lame. <laughs> Twins, of course, one of the teams in on Hugh Darvish, as we keep hearing. Oh, John. <laughs> yes. Yes, Patrick. Hot stove. I got the same uh-huh. chance that Scarlett Johansson will call me up and ask me to sneak out on the wife. Wow. Yeah. Oh. There's no chance they're going to sign you, Darvish. Zero. Four thirty-three. <laughs> if in fact that call came, yeah, would yeah. you answer the call, Mister Ricey? Yes, and my wife would say, "Go for it. What do I give a damn?" You know. <laughs> yeah, we've all been married that long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She say, yeah. "Sure." She'd say to you, "You sure you don't want a couple more meatballs instead?" <laughs> don't make. Don't wake me up when you get home. Yeah, pick me up something yeah. on the way home. <laughs> uh, now back to uh, Hugh Darvish, the Astros apparently. I only yeah. brought her up because I watched a little of Lost in Translation last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's all right. Yes, she's all right. Boxes. Uh, yeah. Yes. You have trouble getting that song out of your head where he's in the the gentleman's club. Do you remember the song that yes. was playing in there? Yes. yes. When I see that scene, it takes me about two weeks to get that song out of, out of my head. Reavers, you know which one I mean? I'll look, I'll look it up for you. I've never you. seen it. I'll look it up for you. The best part of the scene is when the, the gals doing the somersault or whatever, and she's in her pose. He says, thank you, and he leaves. <laughs> yes, and he backs away and leaves. <laughs> the uh, Astros are talking to Hugh Darvish. That's what started all of this. Following uh, the Cubs yesterday, the Cubs met with him yesterday. Uh, the Cubs uh, confab with Darvish, by all accounts, went well. Mm-hmm. The Twins, Astros, and a couple others have interest in Darvish, although it isn't known yet to what extent anyone will go. 
Also, his old Rangers team is thought to be monitoring the situation, while the Mariners and Phillies are among other teams being linked to Darvish. All right, Johnny. I uh, don't buy it, okay? I, but I, uh, I believe you. Thank you very much. You bet. Britt Robson is with us, been covering the Timberwolves for a long time, now uh, doing his work for the Athletic. So uh, are Wiggins and Butler ever going to figure out how to play together? I don't know. I mean, uh, the one could argue that Wiggins is definitely improving on defense, and some of that is Butler's influence. I think one of the problems we have uh, with that pairing is that a lot of the skills are redundant, um, and because... Butler is the better playmaker. Uh, it's more incumbent upon Wiggins to develop an outside shot so that he can do the catch-and-shoot thing and space the floor. If he passed more and had a little bit better court vision, then they could uh, take turns kind of running the offense from different wings. But uh, given how good Butler is at it and how ineffectual Wiggins is at it thus far, um Wiggs kind of has to be a catch-and-shoot guy, has to be a good defensive guy, uh, and uh, right now it's not working out for him. It's working out for Butler to some extent, but it's not working out for Wiggins. And Wiggins is the future of the team as opposed to Butler, who's got another two years before he can or cannot exercise a player option. And Wiggins, uh, of course, last year at least uh, once, uh, you know, he got he got these shots that uh, he's he's – you know, one reason they gave him $148 million is they said he could go get his shot, but uh, he's not being asked to go get his shot right now, at least not in crunch time. Right, and that's been a gradual evolution uh, over time. The first uh, three weeks or month of the season, uh, Wiggins was a crunch time go-to guy as often as Butler. Uh, I think the problem is you get in a rhythm and you earn the trust of your teammates yeah. and uh you know, it's it's really no secret that Jimmy Butler is the leader of this team on the court and in the locker room, and it's because he does so many things well. I would argue that, you know, Wiggins can still get a shot, and uh, even though he's been stone cold for the last six weeks, um, is a pretty good crunch time performer. But uh, when you get a guy who can get to the line uh, as well as Butler can, and by the way, make more than 63% of your free throw shots. He made 11 out of 12 last night, and I think it's probably close to or over 80% now. Um, then that's the guy you're going to go to. That's what's amazing about Wiggins. He's not even making his free throws this year. Last no. year he was in the 70s. Easy, right? I mean, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it is. Uh, what a strange – the league's been a little stranger this year. The league has had more uh, weird results than it normally does with the top seven or eight teams you know not necessarily the Cavs or some of those right. there's been a lot more weird scores but no team has been weirder than this one man they got you know they've had an easy schedule at this point when you throw in the number of times they've got had a chance to play a team without its best player and uh or one of its best players and they uh, 18 and 13 is pretty good historically but it's not uh not pretty good with the eye test I don't think Brett well I mean, it's been a crazy season, and, and everybody assumed that the West was going to dominate this year, and uh, there's a couple of 500 teams and above 500 teams who don't make the playoffs in the East, and they make them in the West, 
and uh, the Wolves are the number four seed, even with that 18-13 record. <laughs> I mean, they would host a playoff game that began today. I actually kind of blame, uh, or blame credit, however you want to do it, uh, the LeBron James kind of inspired super teams. And yes. uh, what that has done is it's, it's made people uh, ramp up quickly and uh, go for broke more easily, and as a result... Uh, there's some spectacular failed experiments, and there's some spectacular successful experiments right now. I mean, you look at Houston with Paul and Harden, and they're going to give Golden State a run for their money if they keep it up. And then you look at Paul George and Mello joining yeah. Westbrook, and they're still trying to find their way. They're a little bit better of late, but they're a 500 team. Yeah, Westbrook, uh, and, and they're still a team where when, when it's, you know, get out of my way when the game, you know, the fourth quarter is still, he's, he took 35 shots the other day. Now it was a bunch of overtime, but. Uh, well, you know, and, and you could argue that, you know, they they do better for, you know, I mean, Westbrook has always been one of those guys that, uh almost defies the idea that one-man teams are bad. He's kind of like Will, Will Chamberlain in that regard. Yeah, that's true. So uh, it certainly would help if they can get the patent kid up here to play 10 minutes of defense, don't you think? Yeah, I think especially with Belly, but Nemanja Belisa out, uh, they don't have guys who can uh, really get out and chase to the uh, perimeter. I mean, they're wearing Taj Gibson out. and. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Gorgie Jeng just doesn't have that uh, mobility, and and you know Towns is getting about forty minutes a game, and he doesn't have you know that kind of stamina for that mobility, and they they still get burned by uh, drive and kick people, uh, driving, penetrating, and kicking out, especially the big men for threes. Miami killed them with it. Phoenix killed them with it during this last homestand, and um, yeah, if Patton could be uh, that kind of defender. Or if Belitza could uh, take uh, less than three and a half uh, weeks, a month, uh, to uh, recover from a midfoot sprain, then uh, they would have a little bit better shot. What is the word on him? I mean, uh, he uh, he's not exactly been healthy during his career here. No. You know, you hear these rumors, you know, and they are rumors. I have no idea whether any of this is accurate, but uh, there's a sense that he really wants to wait until he is uh, 100% healthy because he doesn't want to hurt his value. Uh, his contract is going to expire at the end of the year. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, you know, part of it is the stereotype of the fact that he's European, but uh, he does have a, a reputation of being a little bit soft and, and, and losing 20, 30 games a season just about every year he's been in the NBA isn't going to enhance his contract no, situation. No. no, I was thinking the same thing. It's not, uh, uh, I, I, I got to think there's something going on with Boz beyond not playing well, too. Uh, there's, uh, you know, some kind of a, yeah. a physical I mean, you problem. Yeah, again, that's a, that's a strange. Um, you know, Bozzi is one of those guys that has an extremely difficult time focusing, and um, I don't know whether it's a situation in his control or not. Uh, and I think that um, it's hard to to watch him play and know that um, he is very, very tunnel vision. He's very, uh, and now that he has, you know, he's on a minimum one year deal and. Uh, I think that in addition to, you know, the, the variety, variety of challenges that face him anyway, he's got a situation where he's really playing for a contract, and uh, 
he just looked like he was burning his tires every time he went out there and uh and couldn't fit into a system and uh I really don't blame Tibbs for uh giving him the hook after a while he was you know anybody who played with him out there was getting killed uh what's your uh what's your theory uh the minutes controversy is raging even after victories uh uh he's started to get a couple of minutes from this uh Marcus George's hunt but uh what's your theory on it well, I mean, I think it's crazy to weigh in on either side, quite frankly, because it's not going to change. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is not going to change. Towns and Wiggins are going to be here for four or five years. Uh, if it doesn't work out with Tibbs, uh, they will outlast him. Um, besides the fact that if you happen to give Tibbs a quick hook and fire him tomorrow. Butler is not here for long after no. that. Yeah. And Gibson is not here for long after that. So I think rather than say this is wrong or this is right, uh, you know, there's arguments can be made for both sides. It's a half empty, half full thing. But the status quo is what it is, and I'm just kind of buying popcorn and watching it and thinking, uh, you know, it may work out. You know, Tibbs is a man that doesn't back down on what he thinks, and uh, there's good arguments that what he's doing is not right, and and there's uh, the standings that argue that, uh, you know, as of now, um, you know, and, and I will also say that, you know, uh, Towns has been mercilessly ripped for his defense this year, but in the last 10 or 15 games, I've seen him get better at yeah. that end of the floor. And Wiggins has, you know, despite all his shooting woes, has actually played pretty good defense, certainly better than he had the previous three years uh, this year. So it isn't like there's uh, a regression all over the place, but... Um, yeah, it's a concerning situation. If Jimmy Butler gets hurt or if these kids don't commit to defense, then this grand, expensive experiment will go down the drain. Gibson's uh, been a good player for him, though. I, oh, I like incredible. Him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a, somewhat of a fan of the signing for the very reason that uh, it's working because, you know, he is such a great locker room guy and such a pro and goes about his business. But I don't think anybody could have predicted or expected that uh, his offense would be this uh, smooth or that he would be so gritty and be willing to play so much. I mean, in some ways, I think Jang is getting hurt a little bit by the inactivity. But again, it's one of those situations where Taj Gibson is very important on the floor for this team, and uh, that he's worth every one of those $14 million he's getting paid right now. Yeah, he's uh, Teague is uh, uh, Teague is uh, sort of uh, I don't know. Even I've, I've said this is kind of a silly thing to say, but when he's got a guy he can get around, he's a pretty good player. But if he get if he can't if 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 the other point guard is as good as he is, he doesn't have too many great days. Right. Well, he's got he's got a couple of moves. One is that kind of uh, slinky kind of uh, stop and go. I've been liking it lately to uh, a running back who waits for the hole to open and then yeah. goes, you know, doesn't go immediately. And that's one of his moves. The other one is that step-back three-pointer where he kind of takes the air out of the ball about a foot inside the three-point line. And if nobody comes up on him uh, to let him go past, he, he'll step back behind that line and let fly. And he's pretty good. I mean, he's over 40% from, from distance. So, I mean... It's such apples and oranges with the last guy who was here, you know, with Rubio. I mean, they're so different in terms of their style. But I think 
the net pros and cons seem to be about the same. They both can really hurt you sometimes and really help you sometimes. Hey, Brett, uh, thanks a lot, sir. No problem. Uh, all right, Brett Robson uh, uh, updating us on his uh, always analytical views on the Timberwolves. We shall return. They were weeping the day when that was played in, uh, oh, in, yeah. in the uh, Toronto uh, Hockey Arena. Uh, today, at exactly 2 p.m., they dropped the puck for a Toronto Maple Leafs-Carolina Hurricanes game because that is the exact moment when the Toronto Arenas played their game 100 years ago. Their first ever game 100 years ago. Uh, was played at 2 p.m. in Toronto. The team was, there were five franchises when the NHL started in 1917. Uh, the Canadians and the Wanderers, the Ottawa, uh, both of Montreal, the Ottawa Senators, the Quebec Bulldogs, and the Toronto Arenas. The Montreal teams won the first two games that day. The Canadians beat Ottawa 7-4, and the Wanderers beat Toronto 10-9. Jacques Lemire wasn't coaching that God, game. No. There was no neutral zone trap that game. Uh, the first professional ice hockey league game had been played in the International Pro Hockey League in 1904 in Michigan. It folded. Uh, there were some leagues in Canada. In 1914, the two leagues uh, there was two leagues that played each other for a Stanley Cup, but uh, in uh, 1917, the uh, NHL started, and uh, it was today, December so, 19th, 1917. Let me ask you a question, not that it, I guess not that it matters a whole lot. Why wouldn't they have scheduled it Toronto versus Montreal? To celebrate, a, you know, that's, if that's were... a, that seems to be a very good point. Unless, of course, the Canadians are they home tonight, having a uh, oh first a similar oh game? sure okay sure. that might make sense okay. Uh, but the Canadians are actually the original. Now I think the arenas just changed their name. Okay, to the Maple they Leafs. are the Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. uh, let's face it, the arenas is a uh, that's pretty, a weak name, pretty lousy, uh, pretty lousy game. <laughs> There's no uh, uh, Toronto went on by the way to uh, win the first ever Stanley Cup because they defeated the PCL champions, the Pacific Coast League champions, the Vancouver Millionaires, three games to two for the first Stanley Cup huh. in 1918. Say what but, you want uh, about Canada. They got a good theme. I like oh, their they anthem. they got a hell of an anthem, yeah. especially when they throw in the French uh, oh, yeah. uh, stanza there. It's, it's great. And uh, they sing it. They sing the That's, French Yes, stanza. they do. Unlike here, we skip it. <laughs> we skip it here. Uh, keep it shorter. All right, we'll be back. Uh, and uh, Rich Gannon will be with us uh, in the next hour. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. Motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.